Hello and welcome to Two Nerds Sitting on a Couch, in which two nerds sit on a couch and discuss science fiction and fantasy. Two Nerds is joined today by the resident teen. Another be- nerd. Another nerd. A third nerd. A third nerd. Um, because we are talking about the Five Nights at Freddy's movie that just came out. And our resident nerd has all of the lore for us. All of the 16-year-olds love now. It's called a subject matter expert. <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? Yeah. So, a brief synopsis. Five Nights at Freddy's is a movie based on a video game series that mostly involves jump scares and time and resource management. Um, but I don't know. I've never played them. I've seen the movie. And they were, you know, I mean, it's like this guy gets a job as a security guard watching a place that's been shut down forever, which is basically Chuck E. Cheese with the you know serial numbers filed off and then uh wacky hijinks ensues he meets um a love interest who is a cop who tries to help him um not get eaten he has a daughter who not a daughter not a daughter sorry sister you've already ruined the lore dad oh my god okay so (laughs) why don't you take over okay no well, okay, well, so, but I think we should back up a little bit farther and talk about the Five Nights at Freddy's video game series, which came out, what? Either 2014 or 2015. Okay, so it's really not that old. No, it's not. Um, but, as I recall, when you were less than a teen, mm-hmm. you were extremely excited about it. In yeah, scared that, at first. No, but it was like that fascination. Yeah. Like, I'm scared of this and I don't want to actually play it, but what I want to do is watch... 8,000 walkthroughs on, on YouTube. Yeah. Is that yeah, correct? Exactly. Yeah. That's um, how I deal with my fears. I see so many walkthroughs of people rock climbing and stuff. <laughs> the first time I discovered FNAF was actually at Minicon, which for the uninitiated is a small science fiction convention in Minneapolis. Happens every Easter that weekend. happens every Easter weekend. And they had a button making thing and some kid was making a button that had one of the, the characters, the balloon boy, which is that one figure that pops up in the movie. And oh, the, like, like, jump scare figure. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, it's from this game called Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a horror game. And I was like, Five Nights at Freddy's? That doesn't sound like a scary game. Who would ever think a guy named Freddy is scary? Really? I think that sounds terrifying. Yeah. But maybe I have different relationships with Freds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have some lore before the lore. Okay. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's was created by Scott Cawthon, but he had made games before that. It's just that those ones didn't get as popular. The game that he made, like, right before FNAF was called... Oh, God, what was it called? Chipper and Sons Lumber Company. Um, wow, was, that sounds not exciting was, at all. No. <laughs> it was also a resource management game, and it featured a bunch of, you know, like... Uh, think like beaver characters but it got negative reviews because people were like these characters are scary they look like scary animatronics and he was like oh my god scary animatronics so then his next game was the first fnaf game wow that's very much turning like lemons into lemonade yeah Yeah. it's just like i hate this this looks scary (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) and then he 
and then it derailed into whatever the hell this is. Okay, so then, so the first FNAF game is very simple. Mm-hmm. The, it's like you're, like in the movie, a security guard at Freddy's Fazbear's Pizzeria. I mean, in that game, it's different because the um, location wasn't like shut down. It was. Actively, it was just at night. It was just at night, and you were a security guard, and you were in one office, and it was an interesting game because like, it wasn't like, normal horror games where you, like, get to move around. You're stuck in an office and things are coming towards you. And it's also scary because, like, resource management and you have to, like, take care of power. And it has, despite the weird, dumb function that doors being closed, like, shut down is the thing that, like, saps energy, it... Don't worry about it. I think I played it once, and I played it on the Oculus, mm. and so basically I, like, slammed open and shut the doors so much that then they just killed me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just for short bursts. Constantly. <laughs> Constant. Constant short bursts. is, uh-huh. And then you die. Yeah, 100%. Um, and people didn't... People didn't really like playing it. The, 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 the main, like reason it got popular was because of youtubers because it's an incredibly entertaining game to watch someone else freak out about it <laughs> right because it's all the jump scares and oh the i can totally videos. see it. well yeah. i mean yeah because i could see how that would be fun to watch yeah. yeah especially if you have someone who like is made to uh what's it called be like extravagant in their uh, like playing it horror, up. yeah, yeah, Dram- like you know, dramatic, yeah, dramatizing it, Dr- dramatizing, sizing, cities, <laughs> making a big deal out of shit, dramazercise, dramazercise, exercise, while jazzercising. That's where I originally, like, you know, have I briefly like mentioned Markiplier to you before? Yeah, I know yeah. Markiplier. That is where he mainly got popular. Or, may- I mean, maybe he got really? popular from something else, but he, he's he been labeled as, like, quote-unquote, the king of Five Nights at Freddy's because he was there, like, day one playing this game, and people, like, really were like, oh my god, this guy is, like, really fun to watch get, like, scared. Um, and then there were other other people who were, like, playing the games as well, but that's, like, the main one that people remember that, like, got them into this, and then it just sort of, like, kickstarted this whole thing. So was Markiplier in the movie? Because I know there were a couple YouTubers in the movie. He wasn't. He couldn't do it because, actually, he's making a different movie that's a different, like, fan fan movie of a different thing. Okay. Um, and so I guess they just never got... They couldn't get They just couldn't this. get their schedules no, together. No, they couldn't. Which is very unfortunate. But the game theory guy is in it. No, but the game just theory guy Just a theory. Which I, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Okay, yeah. all right. right we don't want to get too okay. far ahead well, of ourselves. Well, no, it was... No, plot segue. Woo. Um, <laughs> the other main thing that um, was really pivotal to FNAF's, like, getting so big and, like, the, the culture around it is um, game theorists specifically MatPat, because he his first theory was actually the most controversial theory. Um, it was a it was about FNAF 1 and it was originally it tied the FNAF lore to a real life uh, shooting at a pizzeria where like oh my god where one of the employees went and like killed the other employees and like he yikes in in the video he like it was it was like, you know, he, he handled it seriously and he didn't make a joke out of that. But also, like, 
Scott Cawthon did not make that video game tied to that shooting, and well, that was kind of like... it was just a theory. Yeah, but it was just a theory. A game theory. <laughs> um, and then after that, he got, like, actually serious into the whole, you know, making theories things, and that's, the, like, the second the second big popular thing is because people were already watching FNAF, like people playing FNAF, and then they then they start going over to MatPat and we're like, hey, what are your what are your new theories on this stuff? And that's how like the next few games started working is Scott Cawthon would produce games that had like lore in them. Cause um So he so basically it's like Scott Coffin makes a game, a bunch of people make a bunch of theories about it, which then get back to Scott Coffin, who then makes games with all of that bullshit in them. Okay, well kind of? Kind of yeah. Scott Cawthon makes a game. People watch Markiplier play that game. People watch <laughs> Matt Pat theorize about that game. Scott Cawthon makes a new game, um, and then the second game. That's You know, I mean, like that's actually super interesting. Like, I don't even feel like I should be doing disclaimers anymore. But like, you know, video games are like an art form, like because it's a it's a narrative. Yeah, like, it's storytelling. It's storytelling, and so it's fascinating to watch that happen. You know, in this like weird little ecosystem of like the people whose living is based on playing the game and and talking shit about the game and you know what I mean? Like all of these people are making a living off of this game. Weirdly, yeah. You know, but also like I feel like um, it, especially with with our, our artistic endeavors, like a creative co- collaboration is an incredibly powerful way to multiply the the creative effects of any individual you know like some of my favorite projects like my my most favorite project of all was ian's original website when we like got together and we were like brainstorming what to do with it bouncing ideas off of each other and because he's a writer like it ended up being you know i was a visual artist we thought Mm -hmm. about the same things in different ways so it ended up being this whole really cool like amalgam of of our ideas and it ended up being way better than i ever would have come up with um so you know i feel like that that sort of collaboration tends to well and i mean in advertising where they're paid to do creative stuff they have teams working together i mean and that's how you manage to to like turn it into a day job is you have to do this every day or like when you have a comedy show and you have a, a team of writers they're all working together Right. On the same, right. in the same way, you know, because right. those collaborations are, are just more powerful. Right. And I guess those collaborations happen all the time when yeah. you're talking about video But this games. is like a it's weird, just... like, crowdsourced, like, sort of incidental. Yeah, like, it's more let's just sort of than like, it is, like, a you know, writing team. It just sort of happened and organically created this collaboration that nobody intended to, but, you know. Yeah. Right. But it's, yeah, it's, it's an entire, like, work of the fandom. And it's not even, like... And not everyone is, like, profiting off of it. Like, all fandoms, it's just a lot of, like, fan works of just, like, like intense love for this franchise. Um, for example, like, there's a lot of memes about how unbelievably good a lot of FNAF songs are. Like, people just produce straight bangers just out of nowhere <laughs> for this stupid, like, animatronic, like, So it's like, it's thing. like filking only... It is filking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tend to think of his filking as like, well, you know what I mean, the greatest admit or whatever. Right. Like, no, it, I mean, I think, that but it's... that's not fil- That's not all filking. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm being racist about filking. I mean, I think the F in filking is fan. No, right, obviously. They, but, they are ilks. But sometimes it's fan. ilking. So. No, I mean, I think originally it was supposed to be like folk songs. Right, and I guess that's what I'm saying. But, but you don't think of like folk songs as being like straight bangers. Right. 
is all I'm saying. Yeah, and FNAF has so many songs that at this point, like, FNAF songs are its own genre of music. And well, you were, but I mean, that's you true were saying like... that they were in the movie, no, right? No, like the end credits, I think. The, was en- the very end credit was, like, one of the, like, very, the most, I would say most popular song, um, because there's this, like, one big, like, pivotal figure, um, quote, The Living Tombstone, those those guys made a bunch of FNAF songs that is that like still... a band like a folk band or I have no idea because okay. I'm I'm not like well versed in music stuff I was just like a nine year old that went on YouTube and was like oh my god this stuff sounds so great um, <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> I think I think the Living Tombstone is either if not one guy then like three guys okay um but I think it might be just like one guy being like, I'm going to make another FNAF song. So it's kind of like synthesizer. But this has been happening forever. Cause do you remember that like weird Harry Potter? I was band just going we to talk about that. Oh, it was Harry and the Potters, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like young kids. And it was just like singing songs about the Harry Potter. World. And it was, it was between the fifth and sixth book, I believe. Maybe. Yeah. When like, there was this huge world out there of like a bunch of like kids, mostly who were super excited about Harry Potter. Like, dressing up like Harry Potter, playing the bass. Yeah, and, like, so we went and saw them at the um, Southwest, uh, you know, football field, and they played until the generator ran out. Yeah. Like, it was so low budget, and, like, and it was these kids from, like, Texas. I don't even think that they could drive. You know what I mean? They were, like, 16 or something, and one was Harry Potter year two, and the other was Harry Potter year eight. And then they just sang a bunch of songs about Cedric Diggory or whatever. Like, yeah. and I thought it was great. You got, I took you guys to it, but you were too small to remember. Ah, uh, shucks. Really, but I was, really I thought I it was so that. adorable. I just like yeah. couldn't believe there was like Ginny and the Weasleys and Hermione and the yeah. Grangers. There was a, they all had goofy names like that. I don't know. But what. it's just, you know, you get your, your inspiration from the stuff that you think is really cool. And obviously people thought Five Nights at Freddy's was really cool. Yeah. Not necessarily to play, but you know, it's, it's a neat idea. But it obviously created this enormous ecosystem of like, just like shit happening. Shit happening, which yeah. I think is really great. Yeah. And then I, I, I don't know. Cause I just feel like I've been in it so long that like nothing really like phases me about it at this point. I see a lot of people like there's, there's like every single time a game comes out, people are like, Oh my God, FNAF is ruined at this point. They're milking it too much. And it's just like, dude, they, that happens. Milking, yeah. That happens with literally every series that has ever been series. Right. I mean, and like at this point, it's like yeah, I feel like you could make I the case. Bob Dylan before he played electric guitar. Yeah, right. You weren't even alive then. I feel like you could make the case that um, FNAF has probably gone too far a run, and the lore has been so overcomplicated at this point. Then it's like, it's just like a, it's like an actual working job for people to just dissect this stupid game <laughs> over and over and over again. But it's just like you know what. Thrill the chase or something. Get that coin, Scotthan. Who even cares? <laughs> I mean, like we've 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 diverted so far from the original plot of like the first game to like just and it, and it just gets crazier with well, every iteration. I mean, to be because... fair, the first game didn't really have much of a plot. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. like, did that? Did the security guard even have a name? I mean, it was. I mean, just... it was no, like no, the, no, yeah, the, he did. Actually, it was like the did plot... he? It's because at the very end of the game, you get a paycheck with the name Mike Schmidt on it. Oh, okay. Which was his name in the movie, correct? Or maybe I'm like, I forgot. Yeah. Something like that. But I I do think that, like, 
it, it like um what was the wonder wonder willies willies wonder willie wonderland willie's wonderland which, which was the original knockoff before five nights at freddy's with nick cage not saying a single damn word through the whole thing, the entire film, just killing haunted animatronic things, but then stopping periodically and having a Red Bull, yeah, and playing that like plinko and playing, game, yeah, like a plinko yeah. game, yeah. But then you what? know, and that was the, the whole movie, having the most amount of like joy and emotion playing that goddamn pink plinko game, yeah. 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 But not much in the way of plot. That movie was actually really, really delightful. It was fun. But I think it was largely because, you know, latter day Nick Cage is just weird. It's so weird. It's but also, so like, weird. I think the, the, the big difference here, though, is that that was just being like, here's, let's take the idea and just make a quick little, you know, movie action movie about it but then when five nights sure at freddy's the like movie comes out they're they're doing this whole like fan service stuff where it's like we got to get all these references in here like i'm sure most of them went over my head but i didn't know who the gear, game theory guy was i didn't i should have but you only assumed because no he knew he, well as soon as he, he said re- but that's just a theory i was like oh that's that guy <laughs> what's his name matt pat matt pat matt pat Anyway. There was also another guy that I didn't recognize immediately, but he was one of the YouTubers that did a lot of like reactions to the game. Is that the guy in the taxi? Yeah, taxi that's, that's the taxi I driver I figured guy. he was one just because of the way the audience was reacting, because it's this movie's new enough that like people were showing up in costume with like you know little little Five Nights at Freddy's things and yeah. and I thought it was really entertaining because stuff. it was it was the. It skewed pretty young, but then there were clearly a bunch of parents, too. Yeah. But, like, there were a couple groups that left halfway, and I kind of wondered if it wasn't, like, kids who were like, I'm completely obsessed, but I can't handle an entire film of this. I'm going to go freak out. And, okay, so you were telling me that there's also a book series? Question mark? Oh, yeah, that's weird. I wouldn't consider it, like, a quote-unquote series. I consider it a bunch of, like, short stories inside of books. Like, they're... Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, so book series. But it's... um, The book series started coming out, and then, like, theorists were like, oh my god, this ruins everything. And then they realized that the entire book series is, like, completely devoid of any of, like, the, the canon plot in the video game. Um, so it's like a like a alternate universe or something? Kind of yeah. like the Star Wars ones, where they were like... You know, there's Star Wars books where Luke and Leah are off in a relationship together. No, I think that there's one where they're like, yeah, flirting, but I don't think there's any anywhere they get together. Yeah, because there's like things. Yeah, there's things in the books that like sort of correlate to the main game that people use as evidence for theories and stuff. But like, wacky zappy bullshit goes on in the books that never happen in the actual game. Um, I feel like I need to explain that stuff later because it like it's it's it goes into like the later it's like you know how there's like late stage capitalism there's like late stage FNAF where it's just like it's gone balls off the wall and like shit's Jumped just the shark fucked. yeah and that's that's where I love I, it. you know how there's late stage capitalism so what's the what's the main differences between the game series and the movie um well. Actually, a lot of it is, like, the the same story has been, like, told um, over and over again that we, like, know about. So the main, the movie's mainly focused on, like, the the main overarching plot of, like, the first, I would say, like, four, not four, like, first few games. 
like before it starts getting into like the the especially like fucked crazy, shit. Yeah. Like it, it it really had like the 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 what's it called like meat and potatoes of it because mm-hmm. the original story like even told in FNAF one is like. It, there's a pizzeria and then kids start going missing and then like the spirits are possessed and then I think it's either in and then in throughout FNAF 2 and I think FNAF 3 most of it's told through like arcade game type things like like during each like, like mini like games yeah, like when, you, when, you, when you when you finish a night you get an arcade cutscene where you can like move around a hmm. like a usually it's an animatronic or like a sometimes you know a character or whatever um and through that you get to podcast through that you get to like learn the story where um the souls are like murdered and then there's one particular soul that possesses the marionette character that marionette character then like gives the souls life i'm doing air quotes again (laughs) in which then the souls are like in the animatronics and then after that there's a cutscene with the murderer himself or like a couple cutscenes i think it's during the third game in which you see the purple guy who's the murderer killer guy the main antagonist he's disassembling all of the animatronics which i think during the time people assumed that's because the animatronics were like alive and he was scared of them and then the final cutscene within that game is all of the souls kind of like corner him in the like back rooms that he used to kill all of them and he like goes into his like spring lock suit but you can see there's like wet puddles everywhere and then he like you know start like digital blood starts spewing out of him and he gets spring locked and that's the main like thing that's their five that's the story mm-hmm. he kills five souls those five souls somehow get him back into the bunny suit they used he used to kill them okay. and he gets spring locked um which, which is, is functionally the plot of the the movie yeah and that's like that's that's the main story thing it's really too bad they couldn't have used a mouse instead of a bunny because that totally would then be a mouse trap <laughs> damn oh damn. my god I know. All Sorry. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> I remember watching Lord of the Rings, which was based on a book, and feeling like it was a pretty good adaptation, even though I could tell where there were differences. And there, there is a like kind of a, a lot of discussion around people either liking or hating what the movie did. Um, what's what's that for for this movie? Like, what are the things that this movie got wrong? If any. I don't think the movie can get anything wrong because people are treating the movie like they're treating the game series versus the books because the books are unattached from the FNAF game series. So you can kind of see it as its own sort of thing. So it's just fun. Yeah, it's just like... like go to the movie and have fun. But then there's also like... um, Vanessa is a character that wasn't just created for the movie. She was in the like latest game, FNAF Security Breach, which is, you know... Late, late, late stage FNAF, but okay, I where it's this, really, really fucking yeah. But then in that, in in this, in the movie, they reveal that Vanessa is the daughter of William Afton, who is the purple guy who was the killer, which I don't think was a thing in any that was said in any of the other games, unless I. What about like I'm in the commentary, like say Matt Pat? I don't know. I have no she idea. She wasn't what a says. character before this, though, right? Well, yeah, not not until Security Breach, which was mm. the latest game, because before that there wasn't any like 
Okay, so where where on the timeline is the... You were telling me about... Um, there's one... Is it... I, I'm not even sure if it was a book or a movie where um, Fazburger... What's it? Is Faz... Freddy Fazburger. The, the Fazburger thing is like a enormous Disney corporation. Oh, yeah. Mega Pizzaplex, that's security breach. Okay, because, like, I think that's fascinating because it's like... Like, FNAF is a indie game, as far as I'm aware, right? Yeah. There's, like, a dude There's who one made guy. this dumb thing, and he's clearly, you know... I mean, probably he's got some staff now, but... Yeah. Like... He he um collaborated with, I think it's called Steel Wool Studios, to produce Security Breach. Okay. But just have him, like, have it go after, like, a sort of Disney-like complex... I think is actually really really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which in the in the in the total in the total lore that's kind of like the second the second arc I'd say because that's at that point like the main villain has been I think basically dispersed as like a physical entity and then um the whole Freddy Fazbear's things gets shut down or whatever for like good this time but then there's a new corporation called Fazbear Entertainment LLC and that's where all of the <laughs> that's where all of the like cynicism with it being like a large Wait, Fazbear, not Fazburger. No, huh? Oh, I thought it was Fazburger. It's never been Fazburger. Yeah, which I always thought Dude, was weird in my brain because it's a pizzeria. It makes no <laughs> sense to call it Fazburger. So it's yeah, really a good just, thing. That was just that my wasn't. stupid brain. That had nothing to do with anything. Fazbear. Okay, but anyway, I do think that that's like a kind of funny lampshade, especially because he's like <laughs> kind of become his own. Well, okay. Flex, if, you know, if like... Freddy Fazbear's became an actual destination where you could go and eat pizza and watch animatronic things, stare I think at it's, you like creepily, a, it's, it's like a it's like a whole mall. It? It's like a whole mall. Yeah, in the in the later game, it's an entire mall. That's what the Pizza oh. Plex is. An entire mall dedicated to Pizza Plex. Yeah. Wow. That's... It's the um, pizza industrial. But complex. like people have been speculating yeah. from like like day one, like the like the most common theory was like, oh my god, guys, look at this, look at this image I found on the internet. Freddy Fazbear is this real? Look at this real life image, and it's just like photoshopped, <laughs> like Chuck E. Cheese pizza just says Freddy Fazbear's, and it's just like, dude, the game. Theory. Even if it was real, don't go there. Don't get your head yeah. bit off. Yeah. yeah, but I do feel like it falls into the category of some of these liminal spaces that people like to attach to where like it's this it's this place where i mean it's unmoored from reality right and like maybe there's you could leave but i mean also there's things wandering around trying to get you in these like dimly lit hallways yeah back well rooms. and i i mean i think that's also interesting because like the the backstory is awful like, yeah. I mean, I think I would like to just point that out real quick is like the idea is that somebody murders kids and they their ghosts are so mad that they're just murdering randos for fun. You know, like that's how well, mad the they suggested are. that he was in control of them. Yeah, and also a lot of time it's not like a rando. The I mean, like it's it's been hotly debated on like who the main protagonists are of the series, but. One of oh, the, that's an interesting question. But the the thing is is like because you know it's they, there's no like you're you're it's a faceless thing. It's you controlling this thing, and all you get is like sometimes there's a um what's it called a a paycheck with a name on it or like a a control unit that has like a a little tape thing that says a name on it, and it's just like that's all you can get for like who who people but that, are. But that's like the the 
you know, I mean, that's, that's like the, like slasher films, like you identify with the killer because well, you you're in the killer cam because you're in the killer cam. And like with this, I mean, you're not in the killer cam, but you, like, you're, in the you're not faceless. Cam. It's your face. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's the academic term? An interpolation. Mm-hmm. Like you're interpolating into the narrative. So arguably you're the protagonist, which yeah is weird and adjacent but for the for the fnaf series the main protagonist is usually um michael afton son of william afton Mm. um and that's and like there's kind of a theme with a lot of games where um some of the characters sometimes mistake michael afton for william which gets him in a lot of trouble sometimes but i think that's also like the main reason why a lot of the animatronics come after um you the player because either they're angry or sometimes it's just because like i think the first game or the second game uh mentioned some lore about how like you needed a a security security officer outfit for the animatronics to be like oh no you're you're good bro i'm fine with that um, but since they didn't like tailor one in time, you just have to like deal. Um, <laughs> you just have to like put up with kind of getting murdered yeah. a little bit. Because you know, in the in the first game, the the reasoning behind why they're like gonna come after you and like is because like if they see you, they think you are a metal endoskeleton without a suit. So therefore, they have to go take the metal endoskeleton and stuff you inside one of the suits. Which makes sense, because I mean, like, can you imagine if you saw? just a skeleton walking around, you'd want to put, like, a meat suit on it. A thing on it. Ah. Uh, I would also like to mention that that's awful. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it's kind of fascinating. That, that, well, because it's, like, it's about... I mean, this is beyond child abuse into child murder, and then, like, it turns into this whole, like, cycle of abuse, and, you know... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I also have to explain the lore to make you understand the the whole like because the the original game doesn't have the complexity as to like why but the the later games really dig deep into why why uh, uh, William Afton keeps on doing this and how which it like I feel like it removes some of the scare factor and it sort of turns into sort of like I guess like science fictiony because it really tries to explain it away with like science type stuff with it. Yeah. Wait, okay, so he's not just a psycho killing kids. There's like reasons. No, no, there's there's listen, there's so much. Okay, okay, here we go. All right, so, so to me. 1983. He. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> go back. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta back up. <laughs> So it's 1983. Mm-hmm. William Afton partners with, I think, his like friend, uh, Henry Emily, and they are both like they want to make like a children's establishment. So they establish this thing called Fred Bear's Family Diner. It has two animatronics, um, Golden Freddy and Golden Bonnie, but they're not called that. They're just called uh, or not not even not Freddy. It's, it's like the it's, t- Fred it's Bear. Like, it's like silent movies before they made talkies. Yeah, Golden <laughs> Golden Fred Bear or Yellow Fred Bear. Yellow Bonnie, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting, like, there's a lot of, like, other, like, um, animatronic-based diners during this time. There was one, like, Chica's Party World, which is a different company. But the one that put Fred Bears on the map is the whole spring locking system. Because spring locks allow you to put the costume on an endoskeleton and have it be an animatronic. But then you can also take it off of the, like 
uh, endoskeleton, or, like, move the endoskeleton aside and put a person inside of it, like, unlock the spring locks, and then they can use it as a costume. Oh. Which is... Oh, I didn't understand that in the movie. I was yeah, like, why would you have this thing that just kills you? Yeah, no. That seems like a bad idea. It was, it was, it's, like, old, old 80s technology that allows you to use the suit to... As both a suit as and a suit. as an animatronic. As a right. suit and so as an like, animatronic. Think of, think of it as, like, instead of Iron Man, you're mm-hmm. Freddy Man. Right? No, because yeah, you're the, wearing a little no, animatronic. No, suit. you would have to like take the skin off of Iron Man and put it around the metal, right? Because it's no, the it's you the could outside totally climb part into one of these they suits, put it. like Iron Man, right? But you have to t- you take out the guts. I don't think you do. I think no? they just put the guts. You just aside. go inside and yeah. it kills you. No, the, well, no that's that's what the spring locks you. are for. You you take this, you you move the spring locks aside and it gives you like wiggle room to use. The suit. Okay. But it, they don't explain it that much, Mom. Not at all. Okay. Are you so, just going to assume so, that so, the spring but, uh, locks? But, uh, but it's also, okay, also, it's the 80s. Yeah. Everything can kill you. Mm-hmm. Just a theory. They also have asbestos tiles. Right, absolutely. Lung cancer. Yeah, people are it's, smoking indoors. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are smoking. Fredbear is smoking. Every, yeah. Right. Terrible. Yep. Um, I should also Drink mention... Drinking 40s. Kids are already dead. Yep. I should also mention um, Michael Afton has, at this point, not Michael Afton, I keep on, like, mixing them up because they're just, like, the same guy. Mm -hmm. Um, William Afton has two kids at this time, but he's later going to have three. Um, One's named Michael Afton. The other has never been named. Some people theorize his name is Evan. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Other people think that's dumb. Um, But he is uh, referred to (laughs) as Crying Child throughout the entire fourth game. So is that the missing kid in in the movie, sort of? No. No, no. Different guy. Um, and then later on, he'll have a child named Elizabeth, but we don't need to worry about her. And then Henry Emily has a child. Okay, so the the dude mm-hmm. had a brother disappear. What? The no. guy in the, the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I'm that has nothing that. to do with shit. Nothing. Okay. That That's a bunch of bullshit. We're, no, we're in the 80s. Because I was going to say, like, he has his brother disappear. <laughs> yeah, he does. And then, like, because in, in, I mean, the plot of the movie is he's trying to find him, and it turns out mm-hmm. he was kidnapped by the serial killing guy, mm. but his brother wasn't one of the animatronic yeah. things. So. That Garrett doesn't ever exist in the. That's that's entirely devoid of the um the of the game lore. That doesn't even happen. Um, what does okay, happen? So it's hundred percent for yeah, the movie. What does happen is um in the eighties there's the crying child, which I'm going to refer to as CC for the rest of this, and Michael Afton. And Michael Afton is the older brother, and he's also um a bully to CC. Okay. He like Cece's afraid of the animatronics, but also he's a very lonely child, and he he sees like all of the um, animatronics as his friends. Um, okay. Oh, I should also mention that like at some point in time, Chica's Party World and Fred Bear's Finally Dimer like merge together as one thing. So which is like, how well, we end up with Chica with, with, with the whole with the whole cast, and then Foxy just gets thrown in there somewhere. Okay. Um, and so Stacey, like, really likes these characters, but he's afraid of the animatronics, and um, Michael knows this and bullies the shit out of him and is just really mean, and he puts on, like, a Foxy Max. This is, like, through all of the cutscenes, um, I think it what happens is, like, he'll just be wandering around the map, and then um, Michael pops out of somewhere with the Foxy Mask on, and then the crying child just, like, falls to the ground in a heap and just, like, cries, and then that's just the end of it. Um, he does what, a, what is this wow. supposed to like tell us about no, the world? No, it's like I'm he's, sorry, he's, Mario. He's the scary. princess is in another castle. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to keep going. Um, at another time, 
Michael locks him in one of the back rooms with like a with an animatronic that has his like head open and the sort of it's exposed and he's tr like trying to get out and he doesn't and then he falls to a heap and starts sobbing because the only because his name is crying his name child is, his, his name is crying child and, and like no like other it name. says on the tin yeah yeah um and then this comes to a head where there's a birthday party for the crying child and Michael and his like older teen friends are like yo, wouldn't it be really funny if uh, we put this kid up to Fredbear to let him, like, give him a big old kiss? I should also mention that Springlocks um, loosen and are prone to failing when they're uh, uh, contact in contact with moisture. Um, so it ends up... <laughs> he cries on it so much that it kills him? So he cries on it so much that the Springlocks on Fredbear loosen and, the, and it bites down on him and his frontal lobe is fucked to shit. <laughs> that... I just don't see how this place Mommy's didn't get dead. shut down. I know, I'm sorry, that's so funny. You cried too much, kid, and it got you killed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is, I'm sorry, this isn't just a theory, right? This is, this is actually canonically happened. Dude, this is the entire cutscene. <laughs> it plays out. You oh watch, God. you watch as a stupid, like, 8-bit oh. sprite, like, his head just, like, flattens. Like, it's really funny. Like, crush like a ripe melon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's, I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Yeah, and then also in the cutscene, like, I just, don't know that I could have handled that if I saw it. No wonder all you kids have such a dark sense of humor. And, no, dude, that's climate change, and, that's why. And all of, all of the, there's also, like, all, all four of the other teens, which all have, like, the various FNAF masks, because, of course, mm -hmm. um, they, they're doing, like, the normal sprite where they, like, they're, like, bouncing up and down, like, like, one per tick, but when the moment, like, the thing bites down, all of them just, like, stop moving, but you can tell, like, they're still moving because, like, lights are flashing, so, like, you can, like, clearly tell in this, like, epic cutscene, all of them are standing there, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like, fuck. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's so awful. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, like, the worst thing. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, crying Child goes into a coma, and that's that's known as the Bite of 83. Not the Bite of 87. Oh, God. Bite of 83. Oh, so there's, like, multiple defenestrations of Prague? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> so, he goes into a coma, um, and then has, like, terrible hallucination nightmares, whatever, and then okay. I think Michael tries talking to him and is just like, I'm gonna fix this, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Michael, and then, but then the crying child's parents sue no. the Fazbear Company. No, because Michael's parents is, uh, William, or the crying child's parents is William Afton, who owns Fredbear's company. It was just his own, it was just a terrible accident or whatever. Anyway, so then Crying Child dies in the hospital. Oh, William Afton is like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> My kid just died. Wait, wasn't he bullying his kid into crying? No, no they, that's the Afton. other kid was. Oh. William Afton is the, the, the dad, the father. Oh. So William Afton has a child named Crying Child mm -hmm. and one called... Michael Afton. Michael Afton. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so Henry... he didn't see fit to name the one kid, which is how come it ended up getting his head crushed. Well, I think he does have a yeah. name. We just don't know the name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I should also mention Henry Emily has a daughter named Charlotte, and I think people think that Charlotte also has a twin named Sam, but Sam doesn't ever show up, and that's only in the books, and no one gives a shit. Um, okay. Anyway, so um, William Afton is like, I fucking hate that guy. That guy created the suits or whatever, um, something happened, I don't, I don't know. So then one time... I thought he created the suits. Well, they both did together, but, like, people assume that he hates, he hates, he blames 
Henry Emily for some reason. Okay. So, um, what ends up happening is, um, I think, okay, I don't know if they make Freddy's at that point. I think Fredbear's is still open, but, like, besides the point, at one of the pizzerias that they established, um, M- Henry Emily's daughter, Charlotte, gets locked out of the pizzeria by some of, like, the kids, and by, during, at this point, Henry has created the puppet as, like, a security guard to make sure that, like, kids don't die. Um, but the problem with it is that, like, the the puppet, like, it was... The, the doors people? were locked. Oh. So Charlotte couldn't, like, escape or, like, couldn't get back inside of the thing and the puppet couldn't help. Um, and then William Afton shows up and is like, oh my god, that's that's Henry's daughter outside where no one can see her. Ooh. And then, so he kills her. <laughs> and so then, this is starts his life of crime as he kills his partner's child. Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, this is, the, like, the first... Because I it's think. convenient. Yeah, so, and it, and it's, like, raining or whatever, and, like, he, he goes to the back alley and, like, kills her, and she's laying dying. And then the puppet finds a way to get out. And the puppet is a animatronic that doesn't do well in rain and quickly degrades. Um, but at the best uh, the puppet can do is, like, lay on top of the child to try to, like, shield her from the rain. Um, and then... The then that's when like I think the first like beginning thing of like like soul bonding with child happens because okay. then Charlotte it's like dying child plus rain dying, plus well dying child plus plus animatronic metallic puppet equals your soul's in there and bitten by a cobra <laughs> and struck by lightning um, which okay. I think it also usually involves some sort of like anger resentment like some sort of like big emotions because what happens is like those emotions and attachment like attaches and fuses with the metal and that's what like remnant is which is brought up a lot in the story is remnant is this thing that that's the reason why all these things are possessed is it's the metal itself that holds like memories and emotions and like these like lingering feelings or whatever. Okay. Interesting. Um, I mean, cause ghost stories are, tend to be about shame and, and regret and those sorts of things. Yeah. Lingering, lingering things. So then, anger. then we can only assume that the puppet starts acting weird and fucked up because there's now like a child soul in it. And William Afton sees this and he's like, Oh my God. William Afton sees that the animatronic is acting acting weird, um, and that spurs him to then go on and try to like actively start killing kids, to figure out what the hell the, that deal was and like understand remnant at that point. Okay, which, so this so now he's like science. Yeah, he's like what I'm, I'm gonna murder kids for science for for in the name of science. So that okay. that creates like what the the first games like five missing children. This is the five missing children. This is what's known ah. as the missing children's incident. Um the the there's not much about like a lot of like how they die. The only one that's actually actively explained is Susie, which is quote unquote the first, which is Chica's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a girl who was really upset that her dog died and, um, William came over in the, the yellow bunny suit, like, oh my god, no, the dog's totally fine, come over here, I'll help you, and then lures her into the back rooms and then kills her. Um, and he does that for all of them. Bunny suit, lures them into the back room because the back room doesn't have cameras, kills them all. I would like to mention again that this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Child murder is not a joke. Yeah, I guess not. Or maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is 
I'm apparently bit. laughing about it, so, you know, that's where I am. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point, he's also like, man, none of this is working. These bodies aren't moving. So then he, uh, the, the fifth child, yeah, the fifth child, he's like, he does some, a lot more fucked up things too. I think, um, what happens is, like, she's, like, alive in the suit that he, she, that he puts her in and, like, like, gets her spring-locked and then she dies. So, um, that, that particular girl gets a lot more, like, malice and hatred pointed towards, uh, William than the rest of the kids. Um, and I think that's, yeah, he doesn't get retribution at that point, I think. Yeah, not yet does he get, like, (laughs) spring-locked. Yeah, and then he goes on, this is after, like, Freddy Fazbear's has been established. He goes on to make a sister location, which has an entire lineup of characters that are very, like, they aren't your normal, they, they aren't, like, that sort of, like, scary Chuck E. Cheese, they're, like, actively, like, like, sci-fi. They're extremely, like, modern, like, shiny, they so have, is, like, is face it, plates. Is, is there, like, a game with these characters in Yes, it? this is, this is FNAF Sister Location, um, but at this that's point the in the time... The yeah, that's the name of the game. The Sister Location? FNAF Sister Location. Holy cow. Wow. At this point, this point in the wow. timeline, you're still in the 80s, this is, like, 1986-ish, um, but it's, you know, weird and sci-fi, and that those, those, those bots are made for the intent purpose of kidnapping children. The game starts with some, like, I think, like, a board member, some sort of guy being just like, um, see, Mr. Afton, we're really concerned about some design implements you've implemented into them, and about the, in, into this animatronic, and, uh... Because it kind of looks like killing... And, and, William, <laughs> and William Afton's like, okay, well, she can dance. She can sing. She's got a built-in helium tank for inflating balloons right at her fingertips. She's got... She can do song requests. She can even dispense ice cream. And the guy's like... With all due respect, that's not the design elements that we were we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like word for word. We're, yeah, it's like the the killing children yeah. part. It's, it's the why <laughs> is there a like why can these animatronics like mimic voices? Why do they have a stomach hatch that is like strangely child sized? Why do they have a like scooping sort of mechanism claw thing? <laughs> what the fuck? Which, so they have like an alien style like grapple yeah. that can like suck mm-hmm. okay there yeah so, so there were there were there were some questions there were there were some questions um he, he doesn't he doesn't say any of <laughs> With that all it's due just sort respect. of respect <laughs> yeah balloon um, sounds great yeah child mm-hmm. grapple not so much <laughs> not so much but i guess it's fine because uh it still happens for a while and then at this point elizabeth is a his is a daughter and she is like enraptured by these things there's one named baby that's a very pivotal pivotal one um that's the one they were talking about with the whole balloon thing balloon inflating and then the ice cream thing and she's just like oh my god let me go near them and william afton knowing that these are like child kidnapping things are like like elizabeth don't fucking do that mm-hmm. um but she does eventually mm-hmm. and um what ends up happening is there's, like, a whole 8-bit cutscene for this. Um, baby, like, you know, opens her hatch. There's, like, ice cream. Elizabeth steps closer and then Grapple. snatches her. Yeah. Um, and then, because because these things are basically, like, like fish fishnet baskets that you toss and then, like, pull up later in the day, mm-hmm. um, 
William, oh my god, they're lobster traps. William comes back to open the hatch and is like, ah shit, that's my daughter and she's dead. Wow. <laughs> but, but um the the oh. uh, But gotta keep oh but the gotta the, keep killing. But the theory is confirmed because baby's uh baby's eyes turn from blue to green because Elizabeth's eyes were green and now Elizabeth possesses uh baby now and it's just like, damn, that's that's crazy. This is it so it works. That's ooh. Um and then <laughs> And and then of course um, it gets converted in into like a rental service of like renting out the things for parties and they all get like the, it seems like all, a terrible thing to have rent, at a party renting them out to be yeah, bear renting traps out, <laughs> renting them out to be bear traps but at this point he's like he's been like actively experimenting with remnant and he learns that like it's 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 not like a human brain where like you you can break off pieces of remnant and it's like the the it's just like smaller portions of like consciousness so you can put like a little remnant into like smaller Oh, so that's where that oh, little fucker okay. comes from. Then. Um. Well, no, no. Th- that he's not. He's not small enough for that. Is um, that really just a statue? It really is. Just a, it's just. So it's, and it literally just doesn't move. Yeah. No. It's just being. It's just being silly. Okay. Um, but there are in that game. There's like mini arenas, which they aren't like conscious, but they they have enough remnant in them to be like animated. Um. But that's that's and then of course you can have multiple remnants coming from multiple dead kids, and then it becomes like this like merged fucked up consciousness thing. Wow. Which is, mm. you know. This is, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's insane. This is insane. some deep state. Um, and at that point, uh, Michael Afton is old enough, and he, I think, starts helping out William. Um, not because he think he, like, really agrees with it, but because, like, I think William might be, like, manipulating him a little bit or something. Like, not telling him the full truth of, like, what the hell's going on. Sure. But, but, but William's always doing this because he wants to, of course, revive uh, Cece, because... That's that's this whole thing is because he wants to find a way to revive his dead child, so he has to go kill every every everyone else's child to make remnant to do that. Okay. Um, and um, that's Michael. So that's Michael's the protagonist of Sister Location. I feel like that cat's out of the bag, man. Kid's already dead. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's a possibility. I mean, if you is find there? If, How? You, if you find that you can like kill kids and they can be alive and like metal animals. Okay, but that kid's already dead better. though. You can't like kill it and put it in the thing. Can't you okay, know? you're right. I'm sorry. He Homicidal isn't... maniac. That's fine. You're Things right. are happening. You're right. Um, Things are happening. didn't have this problem when we watched Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I'm um, sure I did. <laughs> in fact, have this problem. And so this is this is what where like the whole like Michael Afton being the main protagonist of these games come in is because a lot of times he's the main focus because he's the one like either if not like working to help William then working to help like himself and help investigate stuff mm-hmm. um, after the fact. Um, anyways, so then Sister Location breaks down, turns into whatever, and then a new location just Freddy, with Freddy Fazbear's, um, establishment, a, a, a reopening, which is FNAF 2 in 1987. And this is an interesting game because the main POV isn't of, um, Michael, it's of this random-ass guy, Jeremy, um, who's just the, who's just the, just the, the night guard for it, and then... Uh, you, you you hear through like phone calls of the phone guy who isn't like really important. He's just the guy who like records the tapes. Um, he's he's like Basil Exposition, right? Yeah, he's, he's just he's, there to like he's, exposit he, some stuff. Yeah, he's at, yeah. He, he's, the, he's the ex exposition. He's like, man, these these animatronics are starting getting a little bit more quirky. Um, and then Jeremy gets sent to be in the day shift, um, in which he has has to be tasked to be like standing like right next to the animatronics. Um, and then he's the one, that's where the Bite of 87 thing comes from. He's the one that also get his frontal lobe bit off. <laughs> mm. Because at that point, 
Um, the second defenestration of Prague. Yeah, because, you know, I think if... I think either at this point or maybe after Sister Location, I don't remember, um, either uh, William Afton is still murdering kids and the kids are still being fucked up, being remnant atrocities, mm-hmm. or... Um, he no it's right after fnaf 2 okay so like he's still fucking them up but then after fnaf 2 he tries to disassemble these animatronics and that is where the whole like the souls cornering him into the springlock thing and then he gets springlocked and then he dies in the suit and then becomes kind of like this weird amalgamation of like human parts and uh, machinery thing he Gross. he kind of, i don't think he's exactly a remnant thing because like in the sprites you can literally see the fact that his like skull is still in there ew um he's so more of like a cyborg yeah and oh, and then yeah. he and then he and then yeah and then the then freddie fazbear is like and he's he's in the the back the, the back rooms and then freddie fazbear is just like blocks up the back rooms and because there's no cameras in there or any like anything on the maps he just gets forgotten okay um, so he's so he's like becomes some sort of gross uh, abomination and then he's walled up yeah and then that that establishment closes and then there's a there's a thing here 1990x because i don't know um, where FNAF World, which is a very, like, not the most popular game because, because Markiplier didn't play it, so then people didn't really care because the only <laughs> way that people know these games is if they're watching YouTubers. Right. Um, something about, some, some bullshit about how Henry Emily, like, created, uh, a game so that he can go talk to that one vengeful spirit I mentioned who's just particularly, like, mad about Michael Athen. Oh, okay. Um, their name is Vengeful Spirit. Um, because there's a theme about these games about, like, being able to talk to evil spirits via corrupted arcade games, or corrupted video games, or whatever, or the digital world. Um, and then 1992... So it's a little cyberpunk-y. Yeah. Kind of. It's weird and sci-fi. And then, of course, in later things, there is, um, a lot of talk about, like, VR and glitches and stuff like that. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and then we've got, like, uh, Will... Not William. Michael Afton keeps on going back as, um a security night guard for stuff, which is actually where FNAF 1 comes in. He's just, like, in there to, like, continue investigating um, because, you know, at this point he thinks his dad okay, is Okay, so, so basically, like, lore-wise, yeah. the first one is just, like, there's this thing that's happening, and then later it turns out that, oh, he's the son of the whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's sort of like a retcon or whatever that's called when it's actually canon. Yeah. I don't even and, know. Yeah, so the context <laughs> of that is he's just there canon. to, like, Red he's, he's, he's just there to, like, continue his investigation on what the fuck is going on, like, because at this point he thinks his dad is dead because, you know, that that doesn't really tell you, like, hey, I'm gonna go to Freddy Fazbear's to go disassemble these animatronics and hope that the spirit of dead kids don't come and kill me and springlock me and, you know, put mm-hmm. me back up there. Right, um, he was doing stuff that he wasn't gonna tell anybody about. Yeah, and I think at this point, I don't know how, but I think, uh... Michael also figured out that his dad might be a little cuckoo crazy, uh, wacko screwball. Um, and what was his first clue? I don't, I don't remember. I, I, was I, it I the animatronics think, he made with a child scooping? Uh, yeah, I think, front? I, I think it's some, it's some, something <laughs> a, there. Oh my God. I, tip off? I also completely forgot. Um, Michael totally gets, um, scooped to shit. In the sister location, <laughs> the sister location game, Scooped um, what happens is there is an amalgamation of remnant from like a, a a lot of the of the 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 souls of the dead children, including um, Elizabeth, 
where they want to go outside because they're in the underground establishment because rental service system. Mm. Um, but they can't do that because they don't look human. Um, so instead, they use this tool called the scooper, which is how originally how you get, like, you remove and uh, put in remnant. But if you use it for a guy... You can just scoop them out. You can just you just you can just slip right in. Slip, slip right in that bad boy. Gross. Um, okay, wait. So they scoop him out. So they scoop him and then put him themselves in. So mm-hmm. he's basically like a meat yeah. suit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. This is right a horror and game. Then, and then there's which and, I know it said on the tin. <laughs> and then of course you can see that through um, every single night you get a little arcade thing of him walking down the street but then as the things go he keeps on getting more and more purple um oh. and, the, <laughs> and, and of course there's like it's a sidewalk and there's a bunch of people like people happily waving but then through all of them they just start like kind of just like you know getting a little more like disinterested and more like grossed out yeah grossed out and then like at the end because he's a zombie yeah at this and then point. at the end of them he's just like shambling on the street like just completely purple and you can see them like like peeking behind like like buildings and they're all like <laughs> hiding and then at the end um, the, his body just fully rejects the uh, the innard inside of him. It just like it like he just throws it up into the in, into the sewer drain, and then he crumples to the ground. Um, and but then he just like revives because he just like you know re reawakens. He's he's still alive somehow because of the power of he, like he won't fail or whatever. Some wait, no, I'm logic. sorry. The power of I won't fail. You got scooped out, yeah. and you're a zombie. You can't like. He's okay. Well, <laughs> you can't just, like, decide you're not going to. I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. So, anyway, that <laughs> happened. And I think maybe at that point... Anyway, was, that happened. So, I think maybe at that point he was like, all right, maybe my dad's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> when he got scooped by an animatronic and turned into zombie, that was the, <laughs> that was the Rubicon. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right, and then he he does he does that. He so then so then then he goes to the FNAF establishment. Nothing really comes of it. Um, he tries to disassemble the Freddy things and gets fired because he keeps on tampering with the animatronics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward to 2015, where um, Fazbear Entertainment isn't like really a thing anymore. But what is a thing is uh, horror attractions. And so there's this horror attraction that gets set up that's like in the theme of like spooky Freddy Fazbears, and then he gets the job as, like, being a fake, quote-unquote, security guard where he just, like, looks at the the people, like, walking through. So is is this, like, how, like... It goes meta at this point. Well, no, I mean because it was, it's like this was FNAF three, so this wasn't. This was like this is actually the, the more tamer side of it. But okay, but that's also pretty meta. It's like yeah. there's a horror game or a horror horror attraction of a horror franchise. attraction that is the same as your game. Yeah. And what happens here is, um, like it, it's it, like it goes fine. Basically, this is before the thing sets up. He's 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 just like checking the building to make sure people don't break in first. Mm-hmm. But then the phone guy, who's like not not the other phone guy, the phone guy's so dead new, at this point. New phone guy. The new new phone guy who's like this actual like de- like genuine just like teenager mean like all right dude mm-hmm. um he's like yo we found one a real one and it's springtrap they um they they broke down the wall of the previous thing and they found like a real thing that they i mean they just put him up in the attraction but he's alive and 
Michael knows that he's alive because he keeps on going to kill him every night. And he's just like, oh, shit. Okay, That's so where this my dad's been this whole time. Uh, he's not dead. It's full circle. So then, he, so then he, he sets that shit on fire, um, burns the whole thing down. <laughs> um, that's And then he's like, all right, game, game ended. That's so cool. I don't have an extra timeline here. Oh, I do. Um, I, I, I can't deal with that. I can't handle that. Okay. Um, but then he survives it somehow, and that's, it's really stupid. Because you're going to have to have a sequel. Yeah, but then, but then, like, Henry, you remember Henry Emily, right? He sees this, and he's just like, dude, I know where that, <laughs> I know, I know not only that that fire was started for some bullshit reasonings, but also that that guy's probably not dead. So what he does is he creates this, like, sort of, like, franchise creation thing. This is, this is all lore in the game, um, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, um, he he makes a thing where you can like, okay. So now a, it's in like VR. Mm, this is this is this is the start of like the sort of what's it called meta capitalist thing of Freddy Fazbear's. So yeah, so this is like it turns into Disney or Sony or whatever. Yeah, I had an entire <coughs> I had an entire thing of like the like the transcript of the beginning thing that you you're you're told in the thing. Oh, like the first crawl. FNAF Pizzeria Simulator Transcript. Because I feel like it was needed to know. Okay, I found it. Um, it's a new day. It's your time to shine. It's time to take your career into your own hands. You've saved your money your whole life. Great, now it's time to put your eggs into one basket and take a huge gamble on your future. A gamble that com comes with a 100% chance of success in some cases. What are we talking about? We're talking about becoming a Fazbear Entertainment franchisee. That's right. Restaurant ownership and management, something almost anyone can do with a limited degree of success. <laughs> sure, it's a lot of money to 100% invest. 100% of the time, it works 60% sure. of the time. It's a lot of money to invest, but everyone's doing it, and that means it's safe and lucrative. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's also one thing that I found really funny. Um, liability. Being a thrifty shopper is smart, but be aware that buying things on the sale comes with a certain amount of risk. Aside from the daily risk of lawsuits, there's also a risk that something might be hiding inside whatever you just purchased with that steeply discounted price tag. Of course, that would be a serious danger if there was something outside that's been trying to get in for months now, we are, which we are not confirming to be the case. <laughs> this concludes the amount of help we are legally, legally obligated to provide. Remember, you are now the face of newly rebranded Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Wear that smile with pride and let's make some money. Fazbear Entertainment is not responsible to disappear in death or dismemberment. <laughs> so, basically. Yep, that's a, yep. Um, Sounds about right. And Sounds this was, yeah. Like capitalism. <laughs> and this was a plot by Henry to lure all of the things that kind of want either like, mm, like mm, uh, William Afton dead or like want to find, or like William Afton, he, he wants to be there for some reason. I think to kill Michael. I don't know. For some reason, this lures all of the animatronics that are still wandering about, which I should also mention entered, um, Ennard's like polycule gets broken up with because they they reject <laughs> Are we that a they reject they reject Elizabeth's circus baby because she's the daughter of um, William Afton and they kind of don't want their like the serial killer's daughter to be a part of that and I think she was also kind of bitchy during the whole like uh, multiple consciousness thing so they 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 set her out on her own. Wow, how bitchy would you have to be to be like a ghost and then other ghosts don't even want to hang out with you? Yeah. So she gets she gets rejected, and then over of course uh, over the course of this this the game, um, you lure them all together, and then um, 
but it's like this weird like thing where they can't actually escape it. It's just this it's a labyrinth of ventilation systems um, that they can't escape from. And then Henry it Emily, sounds really easy to program. And then Henry <laughs> Emily um, importantly, Henry Emily then um, makes this like really big powerful like speech like people are like damn that's that's so crazy um where he's just like although for one of you the darkest pit of hell waits to swallow you whole so don't keep the devil waiting old friend which is targeted at william afton because Mm. of course it is and it's just like damn Mm. you kind of ate with that you kind of slayed um and then he sets the thing (laughs) on fire which yeah seems to be a theme prone to working and then Mm. that i think uh, lets all of the souls that are still around like fly up into the sky, um, or wherever, or wherever. So this is, is this a franchise still, or is this the original location? No, this is a, this is now a franchise. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so do the franchisees need to be serial killers first, or does being a free franchisee turn you into a serial killer? I think there's only one guy who's making, who's ruining the whole bunch of apples. For oh, so the other animatronics are just animatronics. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Except for, but, but there's, but there's a, a whole franchise. mess of like, yeah, yeah, but they're like, he's making the franchises as honey traps for the, for the, for the animatronics to come in. Yeah. Oh, so I he's see. using the franchisees as like lures, lures. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that happens, um, which I think is the main the main ending for like the 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 main arc, and then of course we have the beginning of like the second arc, which is security breach because at this point, Fazbear and Tyrion LLC full capitalist, whatever, um, Pizza Plex. Um, but so the, now this turns into Pizza Plex, and it's yeah. just like new arc. But the but the Fazbear problem new characters. But the problem, well, the problem with sort this of, is that like not really. Just William kidding. Afton then. They, they then they start doing like bullshit with VR, which is where the the whole VR game comes in. This is the VR's lore. Um, they okay. use old circuit boards from Springtrap to. Um, That's your something. problem. Why would you? But do there's that? still bullshit in the circuit boards, and now you have this like glitch virus thing called Glitch Trap, which is just like William Afton's weird fucked up remnant now inside these games that are now manipulating people, and that's where Vanessa comes in because she was one of the manipulated VR testers that then um, became like this like follower to the Glitch Trap thing and started like um, donning the bunny mask and uh, calling herself Vanny and then killing people. And also being a glitch, I don't even know. It and then it's just like it all turns into like woo, the, woo yeah. Woo. And people didn't really like Security Breach that much, not only because the lore at this point has gotten kind of like weird and fucked up and like weird sci-fi with like VR glitches and like brainwashing and right. Whatever. And I thought we'd already dealt with this mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, and he keeps on like just like coming back as some random bullshit, and it's just like, dude, why are you why are you game code at this point? You're game code. Yeah. You don't even have a body. But I anymore. feel like this is sort of inevitable with. Um, horror franchises because like your dad and I watched all the Halloween movies of which there are 13 yeah and like number one is delightful and very 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 simple dude comes home kills a bunch of folk the end you know there's not there's not a lot there's not a ton of psychology why is he killing them who cares Mm. doesn't matter killing folk because they needed killing they needed killing and so... Because he's a killer. Yeah. So like it says... this is a horror movie. Right. You're watching a horror movie. Right. And people need to die. Right. And so there's no psychology and there's not a lot of talk, you know, whatever. And then, like, they they get, like, 
more and more and it, oh it turns out it's his sister oh it turns out there's a daughter oh it turns out he has feelings and motivations and it's like no that doesn't make it better in fact yeah like it's better when it's just not you know yeah. well and then it turns out that like some guy wants to manufacture masks that are going to kill everybody <laughs> okay but that one was funny yeah, but it had nothing to do with anything. No, it had nothing to do with anything. But it's just like it got more and more like kind of like it built on itself and then it got creakier and creakier and then it all just kind of fell and apart. And then it toppled over, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and then for this new thing, there's also some sort of like weird animatronic like uh, thing called the Mimic, which I don't know much about because I only learned of it when I started Googling this stuff because like I've barely seen it. It was something I think a part of the books first that then got turned into a thing for the DLC um, that got locked away, but then got reopened when someone stumbled upon it. And it's just like, who even cares? <laughs> and, but, yeah. And then, of course, they're, like my, my favorite thing, which I feel like it, it was more like closer to the, the middle of the end late FNAF. Mm-hmm. But it was one specific detail. Because you know MatPat, right? Um, mm-hmm. Big influential thing. The reason why lore, the lore here is so like fucked up, crazy, cuckoo, wacko, screwball. Um, there is this, it's, it's not considered fan fiction because, like, he's not really there, but also, like, there's too many details to make it not a coincidence that there's a book story about a guy named Matt who's a very arrogant game tester who then gets impregnated by a mm. animatronic so, I'm sorry. Track. Okay, so now we have Mpreg? Okay, yeah, so, so basically. I would like to just spend a moment... <laughs> <laughs> losing my shit okay just just a moment yeah, okay does this make Lost baby my animatronics huh we get impregnated by an animatronic and then no you get impregnated by the vr glitch and then you make baby animatronics and then and then and then a then an animatronic like pops out of your your stomach um alien style oh funny. a little mini spring okay. trap oh okay and sure flesh trap okay um <laughs> but it's not like because but, but in the story he's also he's he's also like man why am i so ravenously hungry and now i'm feeling very like nauseous for no reason oh my god and then it pops out and i think it says something like i love you daddy and then he dies you know what i don't really i don't really that? even know what to do with my feelings right now yeah that's so fucked up yeah and his name is matt Pat. And people are like, oh my god, is this Matt Pat Mpreg fan fiction? It is. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I I I talked to my friends about this like literally um just 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 a day and I was like, here's here's the, the wiki thing and um they were like, Oh my god, yeah, you know what? I've seen this in an AO3 tagged with boar. This is this is what this is. <laughs> oh my god, really? Well no, like they they were just like man this is this is very AO3 this is no very it's a hundred percent AO3 mm-hmm. yeah because no, it's just totally. like this is this is this is what the, this is where this plot stuff comes from and like you know I googled it the the, the writer of this is a but is a is a the FNAF writer of all most of the books is a ghost writer and apparently she's just a very lovely woman from Tennessee has like two kids and also wrote Springtrack Empreg like that's just kind of a thing she did and it's just like you know what good for her. <laughs> You know, I mean, one of the conventions I went to not that long ago, there were a lot of, um, what do they call them, tie-in writers talking about their craft, and they work pretty hard, mm-hmm. and they come up with weird shit. It's like fun. Yeah. It sounds like it would be fun. But yeah, that's 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 what what I mean 
when I say the people, are, the the book canon and the video game canon kind of has to stay two separate things, because I don't think people want to canonize Springtrap and Preg. But also, Scott said something <laughs> about how the the books have some sort of nugget of truth and canon to them. So like in canonically in the FNAF verse. Uh, Springtrap spring and Preg is a thing. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, there's also like a time traveling ball pit. Oh, okay. I love a time traveling ball yeah, pit. Yeah, I think that was one of the very. It's first like hot tub stuff. time machine. Yeah. Only it's ball pit time machine. Hot, hot tub ball machine. <laughs> <laughs> ball <on. laughs> hot tub ball machine. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I, yeah, but I think I. Who knew? Re- just like a dumb resource management game could turn into such a rich trap. Trappisty. Of course, of course. <laughs> Trappisty. Um, the other, the last nugget of, like, this isn't, the, the timeline's over at this point. I, if I were if I were to say more, I would talk about things that I don't care about. Okay. Um, yeah, don't but do that. there was, but like, you know, you can see the progression. Like, FNAF 1, normal game. FNAF 2, builds a little bit off it. FNAF 3, we entered, like, the whole villain and his thing. FNAF 4, um, Bonkers verse. Well, the FNAF War is where it starts to get intense because, like, the lore was really cryptic at that time because Scott always uses the, like, um, criticism from the previous game to build the new game. And the criticism from the third game was, like, it was really easy to find out the lore, so he made the four- fourth game kind of really hard and cryptic. Um, and then in that fourth game, he has this, like, there, at, at the end of it, there's this, like, locked box with two, like, little jingling, like, uh, key, like, not keys, the locks on it. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, click it, and they'll, like, move around a little bit. But the box never, like, unlocks. Open. Because his, his thing later on that he says was that, like, if people solved the thing, he'd unlock the box and show them what's inside as, like, a little treat thing. But the problem is, all of the, all of the theorists fucked up. Matt, Matt Pat didn't do his job right. Um, and instead, he was like, you know what this is? All of, all of the games were dream. It's, it's a coma. It's because the, no, the crying child was no, in a coma. No, and, and no, okay. unacceptable. It is never an acceptable way yeah. to, like, explain away anything. Yeah. Ever. And, and then, and then what happens is, um, Scott Cawthon never opens the box because he's like, man, guys, you all suck at this. And then he, and then it never opened. And he was like, I'm never going to open that box. Some things are maybe are left to just be forgotten, and it's just like yeah. So whatever that lore was, just stayed in the box. Well, I mean, the lore th- that was in that box was the whole thing about the 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 Aftons being a sort of like family type thing, and like Michael Afton being the brother and also the security mm-hmm. guard, um, and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But people didn't figure figure it out during that, and like you know, he even like even during this, there was like a thing where like. A, a live stream where all of the the biggest theorists came together to like talk about the lore, and then Scott Cawthon started posting like cryptic things on his website about like questions, and they were like, "Oh my god, we're talking to Scott Cawthon right now," um, <laughs> and and then they tried to answer his questions, but it's just like they they were sucking at it. I mean, like okay, with like with the hindsight that what we know now of what this, the story is, mm-hmm. they were sucking at it, and you can kind of tell the fact that Scott Cawthon was just like shit. These guys suck. Yeah, not very good at their jobs. You, you know what? I think I'm going to start writing impreg about some of these guys. They yeah. suck so much. It's just like... <laughs> I just, I really just want to see the, like, the conversation between him and the tie-in person being like, okay, so there's this YouTuber. His name is Matt. 
We're going to do a spring send trap him, and prank. Yeah. Send him to the breeding chamber. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> this is what I want. And she's like, okay, let me sharpen my pencil. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks. Dust off my old... So, <laughs> with horror movies, we have this... I don't know if it's a tradition or just something that needs to be done in terms of analysis of what does this monster represent? You know, like zombies represent consumerism. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the vampire represents either a, you know, fear of pa- AIDS, parasitic, panic, parasitic or parasitic rich. rich. Sometimes So gayness. what do animatronic bears, like from just the, just the first game, it's just jump scares, right? And mm. it's it's sort of this like creepy like liminal like Chuck E. Cheese experience where it's like that place was terrifying and it smelled like socks you know and that and that's really what we're talking about is like creepy childhood fears but then it sort of morphs into this whole like capitalism is actively trying to kill you yeah I mean but I mean and force you to wear a suit I don't and think, do things that you don't want to do I don't do. think that those things are mutually exclusive though because I think all of that is like the locust is childhood and yeah. so it's both children's fear and fear of children. You That's know? a good point. Yeah. Like it's both. It's both. Right. Right. It's like children of the corn where it's like, you know, they're terrifying. Except for that but, most recent movie was not terrifying. That was well, stupid. Yeah. That was dumb. Anyway. But, but yeah. But I mean, I think that, I mean. Uh, like, like kids being weird. Right, but also just like and inscrutable. as I keep pointing out, that's horrible. Like it. Yeah. The basis of this is child murder and. It's child murder done by an institution. Right. You know, and not to put too fine a point on it, but we've had a number of horrific scandals involving children being horrifically abused by institutions. Yeah. By institutions that are supposedly safe and good for kids. Right. Yeah, especially with, like, the later thing. There's a lot of, like, cynicism and sarcasm about, like, the capitalistic health state of, like, establishments where it's just, like this is the place where you put the safety of your children uh, you put your you put your kids in there to have like fun and it's just they're not gonna come out alive because they keep on just like right because they're being force-fed the fun and the pizza right the well, capitalism right i mean it's but well and a lot of these scandals are not taking place in capitalist spaces they're taking place in you know churches or political spaces. Or political spaces, or whatever gymnastics is. You know what I mean? Like, like there's all of those like kids in 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 like educational environments and in just all of these environments where they're supposed to be educated and or and or have a good time mm-hmm. and or learn valuable lessons about morality or whatever churches are for. Mm-hmm. And what they learn is that you can't trust any of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, I feel like a little bit of the take home of this. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, or just exploitation in general. Yeah. Right. Capitalist Cause, exploitation. Because, I mean, yeah. Which is different from, like, the consumerist zombies. This is more no, this actively is... trying to kill you. Yeah. Because I think the really, the great thing about the first game is that, like, there's, it's not, like, really compelling in terms of gameplay. I mean, like, it was interesting because of the whole, like, you aren't moving around and you just, it's a lot of just resource management mixed in with horror. But it's mostly just, like, an attacking of the senses. Like, it's all, it's this, this sort of, like, 
weird eerie space of like you know you're not supposed to be here of like this this normally like lively environment completely like dead and waiting and just Mm -hmm. like really empty and Mm -hmm. there's just like sounds and noises constantly playing and like red herring noises that keep on like just like popping up and like you don't want to know what they mean and also like you're in an establishment where like people that's like recognizable of like childhood like Chuck E. Cheese's that have that sort of like you know inherent fear to them where it's just like this is sensorily this is fucked I'm terrified yeah I mean, I was always scared of Ronald McDonald. Because Ronald McDonald is a clown, and clowns are scary. Yeah, but he was also, like, a guy who was, you know... Big. Like, what was... was, I mean, he's obviously, he's not the mayor, right? Mayor McCheese He's a king. He's got a... No, that's Burger King. King. That's Burger King, yeah. Ronald... He's scary, too, though. McDonald is just this guy. Yeah. Like, he's not even all that interesting, and yet he's, like... Got his whole like face makeup on, which is very dehumanizing and creepy. Mm. Yeah, who and he even wants knows? you to eat burgers. Burgers. Burger. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, because and again, those spaces like those spaces are terrifying in the daytime because they are such a sensory overload. Like mm-hmm. if you have any sensitivity to like too much noise, that's yeah. a hellscape. Yeah. But then interestingly when you're playing the game, it's completely shut down and it's quiet. And you don't want that. And it's terrible too. Like there's mm-hmm. no good state for these places. It all sucks. They're all it's all terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you you you've never been in a Chuck E. Cheese? No. I feel like I was once and I've I remember hating it. I mean, I've been to roller skating rinks. Roller but... skating rinks are fun, though. Yeah, but never at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm... I mean, I've been in a ball pit. I've never been in a ball pit. But I've been in Ikea it was ball not pit. a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. We would have dropped you off at Ikea. Mm. I've also been to the, the, the stupid Macy's thing that has the, the indoor animatronic elves. Oh, I love that. Oh, those yeah, that's right. R.I.P. Those, those are gone too. now. Those are in some Bentleyville of them are like... now. What? Some of them are in Bentleyville now. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Just some of them, though. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, those animatronics were always weird, and like you attach it to Christmas, and suddenly it's like the nightmare before Christmas. Yeah, I think it's also the nightmare the during Christmas, and the nightmare after Christmas, and just like the nightmare. Yeah, well, like I remember my kids, my kids, yeah. my grandparents took me to Disney World, Disneyland, whichever. The one with like the Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's a small world. After no, it's a small all. world after all is something different. And that's the one that freaked me out so bad. And my grandma could not get enough of it. She thought, she was like, all those singing baby dolls. It's so wonderful. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. You're just going to like pop off of there and come and kill us. Yeah. But what is, I mean, what is that? Like, what does that fear represent? It's just funny. I wasn't afraid of it. I was just like, this is horrible. Yeah, but they are going to like pop off of there and come after you. I mean, they're. I guess it's like it's like gremlins or something you know i mean it's like you can't well you i mean can't, it's, it's like the uncanny valley before there was one it's, you know yeah it's 100 percent. i mean and dolls anything human shaped is yeah. like like if you're like talking about or that you know little joker doll from but all you know or, like if like if you believe in shit like magic or whatever like all it's all like that's where voodoo dolls come from right like, it's all it's like bad hoodoo to make images of people An effigy and then do and shit then to it. it. Yeah. Like that's not that's not good. Yeah. 
It's not good. Because, I mean, at a certain point, you're doing something. It's just, it's like a, an act act. Because I guess it's not speech. But, like, it's like putting up a guillotine in front of the Capitol building on January 6th. It, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like... Hung, yeah, we it were was just, a gallows, but yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. I, you know, I was even picturing a gallows, not a guillotine, but they both started with G and, like... Yeah, guillotine means something different, which I don't think those people... No, yeah, the gallows was definitely like a one of those one of those things. It's like this performative, like you mm-hmm. know, oh, it's just a prank, bro. But it's also like actually a working death machine. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, working death machine. Like, fun. let's burn somebody in effigy. But like, it's because you know, if they were here, we'd probably burn them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. Well, yeah. that got fun. That, it started out fun. <laughs> I do have to say though, fun. that was insane. Like, the, I just, I did not, this journey took me to, like, Ampreg. It took me to Ampreg, which I just really didn't expect. You know, I feel like we need to go watch, like, Willy's Wonderworld and, and just sort of, shh. No, it's Wonderland. It's the one in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so then the other dumb metric that we use is, would you watch this again? Yeah. Well, I'm I going have to, to watch it again. I'm going to be watching it. With my friends. Yeah. yeah see, on Saturday. So, a hundred percent you would watch it again. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. I'm not even going to resent it. I mean, like it's, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. But I, you know, it had some, 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 some fun thing going about like children and like how to, how, how they can like express themselves through whatever. I don't know. Oh, actually, no, yeah. what I, I learned was like, you know, you get CPTSD from like being told to watch your younger brother and then he gets kidnapped and that's not your fault. And yet it traumatizes you because we've been given this responsibility by our parents that we didn't ask for and they should just have done. And now the whole planet is just going to like totally turn into oceans, global warming. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Crazy talk. So (laughs) you're trying to bring in that movie we watched yesterday? No. But also... I'm just saying it's it's like I mean for kids that it's that big fear like global warming is the only thing that's like why you have this dark humor you know it's yeah. like part Maybe of that nihilism kids are disposable you know we have all of these school drills with gun gun yeah. drills because like I mean like it or not you're murdering a lot of kids all the time and it's like why is that any different from this yeah no I mean I, like it's I, horrific yeah but we've become desensitized to the one. Right. No, Not the other. I think that's true. I mean, because I do, I do think it is notable, like, how dark the humor is in your generation. Yeah, and I get it 100%. Because, like, there's all these people out there yelling about kids these days. And it's just like, you're just leaving us to die, man. Yeah. That's not even fair. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to make one bitch about the movie. I thought that the, um, the whole thing with his brother going missing was pretty ham-handed. Hmm. All of that. Yeah, because it didn't make just... any sense and it didn't need to be there and except it was to give him just... some sort of trauma that would make him beat somebody up. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, or something. It just seemed... And then... Like give him a reason to keep coming back? Yeah, or something. And then the my other problem... Okay, I have two problems. My other problem is that the guy who played the... The PETA... The guy who played PETA, who was the main character, mm-hmm. is supposedly 20 in script... Dude is like 32 and he looks it. Yeah. And so I was like, how is he 32? And his sister question mark is like 10. Yeah. Like that's not, 
That like, was weird. That's why I kept wanting I'm, like, her to be I'm trying to do daughter. math involving like his mother and like when she could have possibly had these children. Right. And like then I was like, oh, you're supposed to be 20? I'm sorry, no. Yeah. You're not. No. Oh my god, why is that? You know that stupid like Dear Evan Hansen thing with that stupid like Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, cuz yeah. that guy's like 40. Cuz that guy's yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Ben Platt in a high school. That's crazy. <laughs> Get out of there. Yeah, you can make a religion out of that. <laughs> no, don't. High five. High five. I guess this really was Five Nights at Freddy's.